0: good day to be with you. Let me begin with a question as we get into our lesson, and that is, has God been kindly affectionate? Has he been loving toward you and me? And of course he has. There's no question about that to us as believers, as followers of Jesus Christ, that he has been very kind toward all of us, because he has shown us, as described in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 7, he has shown us the surpassing riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. In a world that is predominantly selfish, that is predominantly greedy, our worldly people, our carnally minded people, genuinely kind. Are they faithful in their kindnesses? Well, I would suggest to you that more often than not, they are not truly kind toward their fellow man, and particularly such without selfish motives. And yet, as redeemed souls as we are, you know, we are called To be partakers of the divine nature. And we are instructed and we are challenged to be diligently cultivating brotherly kindness as a core component to who we are. As a core component of being a child of God. Of being a disciple of the king. Is that on Call off. Is it on? No, it is on. its on got it on. You need to change the pack. Yeah. We'll open your Bibles to Second Peter, Second Peter, chapter one. And we're going to read a few verses from this particular text. When you think about our spiritual development as children of God, as Christians, clearly. There are many facets to this that uh, we have the responsibility of doing. And it is multifaceted. And we are simply going to address one aspect of this characteristic that we have of being Christians, of being disciples of Jesus Christ. And you think about the idea of a tree is known by its roots. A tree is known by its characteristics, and so is man. So are we. Each one of us are known by our fruits. We are mo- known by our characteristics that we bear, by our words, by our deeds, by our reactions, to the number of ways that we reveal ourselves to others, and they objectively watch and conclude you know, a certain decision about who they think we are. And in 2 Peter chapter 1, we are instructed about growth, about spiritual maturity, and one of the themes that, you know, I, have been, I am focusing on for the year 21 is spiritually maturity, you know, maturing in this year. So I want to begin reading here in the first chapter of the second letter of Peter, there in verse 2. Where it says, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Seeing that his divine power has granted us everything pertaining to the life and godliness. Through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. For by these he has granted to us his precious and magnificent promises. So that by them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust. Now, for this very reason also, applying all diligence in your faith, supply moral excellence, and in your moral excellence, knowledge, and in your knowledge, self-control, and in your self-control, perseverance, and in your perseverance, godliness. And in your godliness, brotherly kindness. And in your brotherly kindness, love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they render you neither useless nor unfruitful in the true knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we are being challenged here to grow, to multiply our various Uh, spiritual attributes and traits and characteristics that reflect God, that reflect the nature of God dwelling in us. And so we're going to focus on just one of these attributes today where we are told to add to to godliness brotherly kindness. And think about that. Brotherly kindness actually grows out of godliness. Godliness. That is, partakers of the divine nature, as talked about up in verse 3 and verse 4, as partakers of that characteristic of being of Christ and being of God, well, clearly, if we're doing that, well, we will manifest attitudes, we'll manifest the treatment that is proper toward children of the king. We are to possess God. As we are called by Christ through the gospel into Christ, we are to put on Christ, we are to put on God in our life. And so the character of God, the nature or the characteristics that are God-like are supposed to be living in us, right? They are supposed to be evident in each and every one of us. For example, in 1 John chapter 4 talks a lot about love, the attribute of God's love. And it says God is love. And because God is love and we are children of God, therefore the application is we are to love one another. And you see that throughout that particular chapter. That idea of you know we are to love because God loves. God is our Father. We are His children. And if we are not loving, if we are not showing love to brethren whom we see, that's the point made in verse 20. If we're not doing that to the people that we can see then the love of our unseen God is not dwelling in us. And that's some very strong words that the Spirit reveals to us about our character as children of God. And how important it is that, yes, as years come and go, that we are growing, that we're trying to clearly express and communicate the characteristic of our Father and the characteristic of our Redeemer, Jesus Christ. Love for brethren, for example, is clearly a distinguishing mark of disciples of Jesus. And there's no question about that. But this morning, we want to focus on this one aspect of love where it talks about brotherly kindness. And so you think about how God shows us kindness, does He not? Yes, yes. God has shown us kindness. Our Father has has manifested and and demonstrated kindness to each and every one of us. And so therefore we, likewise, are to exercise brotherly kindness to one another. In James 2 verse 16, there's a warning actually to Christians. And the warning is this about, if you say, be warned and be filled and don't do anything... If you say it, but you don't show it, if you don't exercise that proper disposition, that proper concept of being warned and being filled, you're not really showing that in your actions, well then, he talks about how then your faith is vain, your love is vain. And that that principle, that concept applies likewise to this God characteristic of brotherly kindness, when you're reading your Bibles and, and meditating on this particular topic of kindness, you'll, you can fi- come across actually the idea of there's two different words that are used in the New Testament that apply to this, to this principle, to this concept. The one is Philadelphia, and that's a very familiar word. since you know, There's a very you know, well-known city in the United States by that name. Uh, and therefore known as the, the city of brotherly love. But also there's a second one where it is Crestotes, and, and, and you look at this. You know, the contrast of these two words. Obviously they blend, they, they, they overlap each other, but on the one hand, Philadelphia emphasizes the idea of fraternal affection, of love of the brethren. That's, kind of, that's the emphasis of that word. Where the second word emphasizes the heart. The goodness of heart. In Ephesians 2, which we have already referenced, and in Titus 3, which we have already read this morning, this morning both describing God. Both of these words are used. And so God, you know, Philadelphia's us. He does this. That that, that word is found in describing God. But also God has the other attribute as well, the crestotes. Both of these are concepts that God possesses and principles that God practices in His relationship with you and me when He demonstrates and shows and pours out on us kindnesses. You think about that. How can one... You know, how can someone possess one attribute without the other? Well, if you think about it, you really can't. It takes both of these. And therefore, God rightfully possesses both of these, and God rightfully shows both of these toward us. One who has truly a genuine goodness of heart will manifest brotherly kindness. If that's there, then he will bear the fruit of brotherly kindness. But also at the same time, one who is possessing the attribute of brotherly kindness cannot do so without a goodness of heart. And so the, the psalmist, for example, often describes the loving kindnesses of God. So, for example, very quickly, I'm going to read just a few verses from the Psalms. For example, Psalm 31, verse 21. Psalm 31, verse 21, it reads, Blessed be the Lord. For he has made marvelous, for he has made marvelous his loving kindness to me in a besieged city. Now this is a psalm of David as he relates to certain circumstances he finds himself in. And yet here he's praising God, he says, blessed be God. Why? Because of his loving kindnesses that he has shown to me in my predicaments. And so you turn a few more pages over. For example, I look over in the 117th Psalm. It's a very short Psalm. And so in Psalm 117, and you just focus in on the second verse. There's only a two-verse Psalm. But the second verse reads, For His lovingkindness is great toward us, and the truth of the Lord is everlasting. Praise the Lord. His loving kindness is great toward us. And the truth of the Lord is everlasting. Praise the Lord. One more example. Turn maybe a page or two in in your Bible to the 119th Psalm. A Psalm that focuses primarily on God's Word, on God's revelation, His laws, His commandments, and the character and the nature of that. And so you look there in the 76th verse. So Psalm 119, verse 76 and the psalmist says, Oh, may your loving kindness comfort me according to your word to your servant. So here's a servant of God relying on God's word, asking, God, may your kindness, your loving kindness be comfort to me in my walk with you. Now we are we are called to imitate God, but the thing is, if if we are we cannot imitate God. Let me say it this way. We cannot imitate God without genuinely exercising kindness. If we're going to imitate God and it is a God that displays both these two concepts, these two principles of a goodness of heart as well as this love of brethren, you know, if we're going to imitate God and this these are attributes of God, then we must we must exercise That affectionate care for brethren whom God has redeemed. We must do that. Because the new man in Christ is one who's going to adorn his life with this attribute of kindness. So now turn back to the New Testament. In Galatians chapter 3. Just kind of glance very quickly at some verses here. In Galatians chapter 3. You know, we have disciples of Christ, Christians, you know, being addressed about their conversion, about their transformation in Christ and who they are now because of Christ. And he says in verse 26, for you are all sons of God through faith in Christ. For all of you who were baptized in Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. And so one who is a disciple of Jesus, one who is a Christian, clothe himself. He puts on Christ. And, and he's one who now belongs to Christ, as you see there you know, also in this context. In verse 29, if you belong to Christ, then you are heirs of the promise. But the point is, in Galatians, this is who you are now. Therefore, how does, it, how does that impact you? How does that change your walk? How does it change your course in life? And you come over to the fifth chapter and it starts start talking about being led by the Spirit and walking by the Spirit. And so a, a person who truly is putting on Christ, a person who is truly, who belongs to Jesus now, he's been purchased by the blood of Jesus, he belongs to Him and therefore now he chooses to be led by another. He chooses to walk in another's path. And the path described here in Galatians chapter 5 is the path of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has revealed to us the mind and the will of God. And so as a result of all of that, you come to that familiar verse in verse 22. He says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, peace, patience, kindness. Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against us there is no, no law. So the product of this choice, when we choose Christ, and we choose to put Him on, and we choose to, to walk in Him, and to be led by the Spirit, and to be you know, you know, walk in the path of the Spirit, you know the product of that choice, the product of that life, is going to be this visible fruit. A tree is known by its fruit. And this is the fruit that we are to be bearing. And one of the components of that, one of those qualities or characteristics of this fruit is kindness. This goodness of heart. Now this stands in opposition. It is is the opposite of what's described earlier in this chapter. It is the opposite of the works or the deeds of the flesh. And so therefore... The attributes, the characteristics of the spirit, such as kindness, is in opposition to all kinds of selfish conduct or all kinds of carnal conduct. That is worldly thoughts and worldly words and and worldly actions. And if you took the time to read chapter 5, you'd find a number of negatives that we're told not to do. And those negatives... Are not brotherly kindness. They are not kindness. And so we're told here, for example, you know we're not being kind. For example, when verse fifteen, when we bite and devour one another, we're not being kind when we do that. Or you drop down in verse twenty, he says, okay, you know when he you know, talks about the works of the flesh, and it talks about outburst of anger and dissensions and factions. Well, when we're, when we're doing those kind of things, we're not being kind. Or verse 26, in the very last verse of the chapter, let us not become boastful, challenging one another, envying one another. Once again, we're not being kind if I'm displaying a boastful attitude and temperament or if I'm challenging my brethren. No, kindness the kind of kindness that's talked about here that is a fruit of the spirit of one who being led by the spirit, one who's walking this kindness finds residency in your heart. Sin we're told in Mark 7 in Mark 7 and Matthew 15 we're told sin comes from where and it's true with all of us you know, no matter what sin we, we have committed or whatever you know, whatever sin it is. Whatever work of our deed of, it, doesn't matter what kind of all sin originally comes from within our own heart. It's from ourselves. Now other things can, some can stimulate or, or, or trigger things. But ultimately, you know, Jesus says it's from within that all the, the bad comes out. And that's exactly So the thing is, we need to get rid of that bad, right? We need to get rid of all the bad things in our hearts. But we need to fill those hearts with all the right things, all the good things. And one of those good things is this word kindness that means literally goodness of heart. Why? Because that's the divine nature that is to dwell in every one of us. And it's for that reason, over in the letter to the Colossians, that we are actually commanded to be kind. Kindness is a commandment of the Lord. You look there in the 12th and 13th verse. Very similar tone, kind of similar language as what Galatians 5 talks about. And so it's not contradicting. It's basically supplementing, you know, complementing each other, just enhancing each other. These letters, you support one another. And so verse 12, so, because of all things said before, so, as of those who have been chosen of God, if you're a Christian... You have been chosen of God. And so therefore, those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, that's who we are. We are sanctified by Christ through Christ in Christ. We are holy because of Jesus. And we're beloved because of Jesus. And so, so those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on, and just start scribing all these different qualities. Sounds a lot like the fruit of the Spirit. He says, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. So kindness is commanded, is expected, it's required of God's holy and beloved chosen ones. And that's who Christians are. But you think about this idea where Christians are being told, they're being commanded, they're being instructed to put this on. You know, what, what do you mean? It, it, it's not automatic? You know, once you're baptized, he says automatically, you know everything you do and everything you say and everything you think is just going to be kind, No. It's not. just automatic. It implies, the fact that we have to be told to do this, it implies that it is not always going to be an automatic reaction. We have to work at it, all of us do. We have to work at being kind. Possessing a goodness of heart that is divine. We have to work at exercising brotherly kindness because we are all redeemed by the blood of Jesus. And especially it's hard, especially hard in those moments when we don't feel like being kind. And I would suggest to you each and every one of us have had those moments. That we don't always feel like being kind to our spouse. Or you don't feel like being kind to your parents. Or you don't don't feel like being kind to your brother in Christ. It's not always easy to possess and exercise this quality of kindness. Which we are already recipients of from God. Godly kindness is actually something that comes from setting your mind and seeking that which is from above. Now we read already verse 12 and 13. And to mentioned these two verses are, are... Okay, so then, because of everything before that was said, now here's the application. And so in verse... Go back to the beginning of the chapter. And what does it say? Well, he said, if you've been raised up with Christ. If you're a Christian, you've been raised up with Jesus. He says... Keep seeking the things above. It doesn't stop once we're raised up from the watery grave of baptism. That's just the beginning. That's the starting point. That's the beginning of the race. And we've got to keep seeking the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on the things of the earth. And godly kindness comes from where? Godly kindness comes from God. It comes from above. That's one of those above things that I have to seek. That I have to set my mind on. In verse 10, it talks about putting on the new self. You know, he says, you put away all the bad. And he says, put on the new self who is being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. Kindness grows out of being renewed. The renewed how and where? He says, well, renewed, he says, to a true knowledge according to the image of somebody else. And who's the image? It's our Father. It's our Lord and Savior. It's the Holy Spirit. That's the image. That is our goal. That's the, that's the, the objective that we have. Are we? Do we always do that as we should? No, we don't. But we have to keep working at it, growing in that direction, maturing, multiplying our brotherly kindness. Because if I'm not, if I don't have that kind of mindset, you know, Bill uh, did a good job this morning uh, expounding on the passage there at the end of Philippians 1 and into Philippians 2. If I don't have, you know, have the mind of Christ—a selfless, humble, you know, thinking of of, of others mindset—which is Christ Himself, He's the perfect example of that, in perfection, absolutely perfection—and none of us do that, but that's our goal. By faith through grace, we attain that, and we become complete in Christ. And so, you think about here in chapter three. He says, okay, you need to put on all these attributes. Put away all the bad things he talked about in verse 5, 6, 7. You know, put, all, put all those things away from you. That's the old man. Put on the new man. Well, And he says, well, how do I do that? Well, verse 12, So, well, you know, compassion and kindness and humility. All these attributes, which are part of being led by the Spirit. And then in verse 15 he says, and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, To which indeed you are called in one body and be thankful. Have you thought about how the peace of Christ cannot rule in our hearts without brotherly kindness? Peace will not flourish. It will not thrive if there's not kindness being shown. And the same thing is true when you think there in verse 20. No, no, it's not verse 20. In verse 17. In verse 17. So uh, Colossians chapter 3, verse 17. He says, whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through Him to God the Father. You know, the moments when David Bunting is not being kind. When I am not showing brotherly affection. I am not manifesting that goodness of heart that is of the divine nature, those moments when David Bunting is not doing that, then I am not doing all in the name of the Lord Jesus. That applies to our heart. It applies to our attitudes. It applies to everything we do. And so when I'm not exercising kindness, I'm not exercising brotherly kindness, then I have not done all in the Lord in word and deed that I've been told to do. And so I have to work at that. I want to suggest to you this. And that is, I can do kind acts. I can do kind deeds and not possess brotherly kindness. I can go through the motion of something and not possess the heart that God says I'm to have. That's sobering, is it not? You know, and you you and I both know that our Lord is not just instructing us to wash and cleanse the outside of our cups. That's not all that you know God you know, wants from us. What the Lord is calling us, you know that that is we're only to be concerned about you know cleaning up the outside of our vessels ourselves. Do we need to clean up the outside? Yes. <laughs> But that's not all, is it? Because Christ is not just about the outward man. Christ is also about the inward man because those two things go hand in hand. And so I've got to wash and renovate the inside of my cup. I've got to wash and, uh, and cleanse the inside of my vessel, That my life. I've got to clean that up. And you think about it in 1 John 3, 18 when it talks about loving and how that love need, must be communicated in deed and truth. Not just, not just in words. It must be in deed and truth. And that applies to the principle of love of your brethren and goodness of heart, kindness. So I, yes, I need to do kindly. I need to do kind things. It needs to be evident in my actions. But that's not all God calls me to be. God calls me also to be, to be kind. I need to do kindly, and I need to be kind. It's always struck me as interesting when you turn to a passage like 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 22. And I always thought you know, it was somewhat, you know, you know, didn't fit. Until in, in studying and preparing this lesson. When you go over here in, in, the, in chapter 1 of the first letter to, uh, of Peter. And you begin there. And it's, in the first half of the sentence says. Since you have in obedience to the truth. You know, because you've obeyed the truth. You know, Since you have in obedience to the truth. Purifying your souls for a sincere love of the brethren. Fervently love." One another from the heart, for you've been born again, not of a seed which is perishable, but imperishable. That is the living and the enduring Word of God. You thought about the expression, okay? Since you have in obedience to the truth, purified your souls for something. And the point is that is one of the purifying purposes of the truth. One of the purifying purposes of the gospel working in our life and working in our hearts is. To develop a sincere love of brethren. That is one of the purposes. When you obeyed the truth, you did so with an objective of purifying yourself so that you would be able to love. That you'd be able to exercise brotherly kindness. That's the word here. Love of the brethren. Philadelphia. So it's, it's to be developed in our life. Very quick, let's end with two more passages, and the last will be yours. In Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews 13, very simple, short verse, but powerful, very powerful message. Talking to Christians again and saying, let love of the brethren continue. Does that try, strike you as somewhat interesting Let love of the brethren continue. I don't know about you, but in the way I think, that command, that statement implies that brotherly kindness is not always applied properly by brethren. So the Lord, through the Holy Spirit, needs to tell me this. He needs to tell David Bunting... David, you make sure that you let your love of your brethren continue. It's got to, it's got to be maintained. You, 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 can't, you can't ease up on it. you got to keep working at it. And that's why you think about, you have a statement over in Romans 12, verse 10, where he says, Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Or the... You know, that's, that's the new American standard uh, wording, ESV, English standard says it this way, love one another with you know, brotherly affection so different ways to say the th- same thing but like that I need to be devoted, I need to let this love, this brotherly kindness, the goodness of the heart, I need to, I need to make sure it continues all the years of my life and I'm 60 years now for however many more I have left, I have to work at cultivating and maintaining and making sure this attribute flourishes in, in my life. Even on the days when it's not so easy. Even on the days when my attitude's not what it ought to be. And so the idea of devotion has, carries with it about being faithful. When you're devoted to something, you're faithful to it. You're loyal to it. And that's what he's saying. We need to be faithful to our brotherly kindness. We need to be loyal to our brotherly kindness. And in the same context of, of Romans chapter 12, verse 9, he goes, I said, okay, and do so without hypocrisy. Let long be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Why do I need to cling to brotherly kindness? Why do I need to cling to this command of putting on kindness? Well, because it is good. It is an attribute of God. So yes, I need to guard against prejudice. I need to guard against unkindnesses and mistreatment. I need to guard against gossip and slander, All of those things I need to put away from me. And those things happen sometimes among brethren. And so I need to put it away and come back to the kind of person I need to be. And a person who, for example, bears burdens. That's done with brotherly Kindness or pray together or build together that's done with brotherly kindness in proverbs chapter 19 verse 22 proverbs 19 verse 22 solomon said said what is desirable in a man is his kindness think about that think about just the world and you think about when you're out in the community your job, the store and how when you come across someone who just displays or manifests kindness you know they're, they're, they have a kind tone they said some kind words you know, you know they've shown some kind of gesture of kindness and how like wow that was nice that feels good and so Solomon long ago says, what is desirable in a man is his kindness. That's, that is truly desired even in the world, even in, in our societies. But how much more that needs to be present in our lives. Who have been cleansed by the power of Jesus' blood. And we have adorned ourselves, with clothing ourselves with our king. And we are being led by his spirit. That we need to display kindness. We need to exercise brotherly kindness because such is part of our walk as Christians. In Romans 6, we are instructed to be buried with Christ in baptism. and to, So that we may be raised up in newness of life. And part of the newness of life is this one attribute. It's not the only thing. You know, the fruit of the Spirit is a multifaceted component, you know, like characteristic. There, there's all sorts of aspects that we are that we need to be working on, all of those at the same time. But brotherly kindness is just one of those things. And so, you think about it. If I'm not trying to do that, if I'm not growing and multiplying my kindnesses, then I'm not walking the new life that I'm really told to do. And that applies at home. When I'm not, exor- I'm not showing kindness and, or brotherly kindness... In my immediate family, to my spouse, and my kids, or my parents, whatever. If I'm not doing that, then I'm not, you know, I'm not adorned Christ in the way I should. Or in the community, in, in the workplace, you know, it doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't matter what the other people you know, are doing. What matters is what what am I doing? You know, how am I conducting myself? Am I showing kindness? And surely it is also to be seen among us as God's people as we walk down this very difficult road called life. And it's a turbulent road at times. And it's unpleasant at times. And there sometimes are obstacles and bumps that are are extremely unpleasant. And we've got to find a way to work through it together. All the while not losing that attribute of kindness even when I don't feel like it. God has poured forth his everlasting loving kindness upon humanity, and he's done so through Jesus Christ. In Jesus is the embodiment of the richness of God's mercy and grace shown toward us because of the goodness of his heart, and because of the love of his brethren. He offers us a means to take away the very thing that separates us from him, to remove that barrier, that wall, that obstacle called sin in our life. And he did that because he loves us and because he's a kind God. He's a just God. He's a righteous God. And He will judge all of humanity. But He offers us salvation. And that gift of salvation is kindness. If you're not one of His children, if you're not a disciple of Jesus Christ, you're not a Christian, but you believe Him to be the Son of God with all your heart. You believe that. And you're ready to make that commitment. You're ready to make an allegiance to the King, to the Son of God, by confessing your faith in Him, that He is the Son of God. And repenting of the sins in your life that you've committed in the past and being buried with him according to his commandment in baptism. If you're ready to do that, we're ready to help you to begin your journey of clothing yourself and adorning yourself with Christ and walking in newness of life, which involves learning to exercise the divine characteristic of kindness. But if you are a Christian, and there's sin in your life that you've not repented of, that you've not confessed to your father about, you've not prayed to him for forgiveness. If we can assist you in that, whatever your need may be, we invite you, encourage you, please come forward, make your wishes known, while we stand to sing the song that's been selected.